welcome everybody, or should I say, welcome back everybody to the Last Lab Podcast, taking you through Marble League 2020. For everyone tuning in for the first time, I suggest you go back and listen to our Marbula 1 season, just to get a flavour of how things are going to be done on this particular podcast, and then hopefully you'll be ready for us to take on Marble League 2020 in all its glory. And for those of you who have been listening since episode 1, well... I don't think I need to introduce the man, the myth, the legend that is Darren Dazagunderson. Guess who's back? Back again. Daz is back. Tell a friend. God, Darren, don't ever do that again. Righto, Faddingham. And in honour of our hosts, Team Galactic, we have a very, very special guest on the show tonight. He is the first marble in space. The first marble to land on the moon. He is Buzz Marbin. Good evening, everyone. Buzz Marbin here. Did you know I was the first marble in space? Uh, yes, Buzz. I think I just told everybody that. Well, I was also the first marble on the moon, you know. Uh, yes. I. Um, let's get on with the show. So, uh, I think first what we need to do is just go over quickly the uh, marbles who we lost back in October in the first showdown... Sadly, we lost uh, regular Shining Swarm, Cobalt, the newcomers Turtle Sliders, and uh, probably a big shock to everybody, uh, especially, you know, given their stature in the sport, but we lost the Limers as well. And I, and I was there, Andrew, when they uh, they went out, and I can tell you, ropeable is the only words for it. They absolutely went mental when they found out they weren't going to be there for the next years of uh, Marble League. And the teams had four events to try and make it through, uh, in qualifying through to the finals of uh, Marble League 2020. Uh, balancing, funnel endurance, block pushing, and the five-meter sprint. And, well, what a qualifying we had. Up and down... Uh, results all over the place and well I think rather than go through each event let's just take the overall stories that we got from qualifying don't you think? Well I think they've got to start with the teams that went out first realistically there were some big names uh, didn't make it through Team Primary uh, Jungle Jumpers who I think people were expecting a little bit more from uh, Snowballs after their great Marbula 1 season uh, the Chocolatiers Indigo Stars Jawbreakers the Roja Rollers and uh Bless them, the pinkies as well. Did you know in space, all of the food is a liquid so that you can drink it from a straw? I did not know that, Buzz. Thank you very much for that input. Um, So, yes, I'm afraid some big names out at the start, but in, well, Savage Speeders, The Crazy Cat's Eyes, Oceanics, Thunderbolts, Mellow Yellow, The Minty Maniacs, Balls of Chaos, The O-Rangers, Midnight Wisps, The Hornets, Team Momo, and the Bumblebees. And can we just talk about the uh, the winning margin for the Savage Speeders? 17 points ahead of everyone else by the end of the competition? That's got to be putting the fear into a lot of the teams who had already pre-qualified and those that were coming up short in uh, some of those events. Back when I was the first marble in space, the rocket that I was flying flew at nearly 18,000 miles per hour. Well, I don't think the Savage Speeders probably got that fast in the 5-meter sprint, but they certainly... Uh, took that with an astounding victory over uh, the other teams. Well, indeed, with a uh, first place, a second place, a third place, and even still managing to make 14 points on the uh, round that they didn't actually happen to uh, do particularly well in the uh, block pushing, it's still a mighty result, really, uh, over the crazy catch eyes, who were the closest with 61 points. Um, guessing Marbula 1 probably set them up for this victory, uh, full of confidence going into the qualifiers? Oh, there's, 
though there's no doubt in my mind, Andrew, no doubt in my mind at all that that Marbula One uh, Cup win has probably set them up to, uh, you know, really storm the competition. It's given them all the confidence that they need to get into any event and feel that they've got what it takes to win. Well, that's very true, Darren. And I suppose if they're not confident, they could always cheat. Ixnay on the heat, Che, Darren. That means don't talk about the cheating, Darren. Well, speaking of teams that uh, might be having their Marbula 1 form uh, impacting on um, their qualification event, um, out went Snowballs and Team Primary, the only two Marbula 1 teams who didn't qualify. Um, Snowballs, I guess, you know, they put a heavily, you know, a lot of effort into uh, that season and it didn't quite come off for them, obviously. But um, is that what's going to affect them here? And Team Primary, well... I guess it was as close as close can be, missing out only on countbacker results. But still, you know, I, I would have thought they'd have been hoping for a little bit better going into this uh, into this particular kind of event, rather than Marbula One, which maybe didn't suit them as much. Back in the space program, the motto was always "Failure to prepare is to prepare to fail," and I feel that that is the case for these teams. They could have gone into this competition practicing hard and making sure that they got the results that they wanted, but I'm feeling that these teams thought that they would get through, it would be fine, and they would be there at the end of the competition. Well, the only thing that happens if you uh, don't plan your journey is that you end up in the wrong place, and that's where they ended up. Well, amazingly, I think I actually agree with Buzz here. Um, it does seem a little bit like these teams had the, uh, you know, they felt that this was going to be an easy one for them. They saw some of the other teams out there, new teams, teams that had not really ever made it through to uh, this kind of competition at this level before, and maybe they thought that they were just going to be gifted it. And uh, in the end, you know, caught out at the last second in, in both cases, you know, uh, one going out on comeback, and uh, I think Snowballs were only uh, only missed out by one point, but that one point is all it takes. Well, I believe we've got one of our roving reporters uh, at the Snowballs dressing room ready to uh, take an interview from uh, the coach uh, of the Snowballs as he's talking to his team uh, post the event, uh, handing you over to roving reporter Roger. Ah, hello there, Andrew. I'm outside of the Snowballs dressing room. Uh, Let me just try and uh, squeeze the door open nice and quietly and I'll see if I can get a sneak peek at what's going on inside. Oof, sounds like they're getting the uh, Fergie hairdryer treatment there. Never mind, uh, we will come back to uh, our roving reporters the next time we have a story ready for them. That reminds me of a long and complicated tale about the first time I ever had to do a media interview. It was back in 1965. No, uh, no, 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 you're okay, Buzz, don't worry about it. We'll, uh, we'll just carry on with the show. Maybe we, can, uh, maybe we can save time for some of your special stories later on. Well, that would be lovely. Listen, Andrew, do you want some hot gossip that's been uh, going around the paddock for the last few days? Honestly, Darren, at this point, as long as it stops Buzz from telling whatever that story was going to be, I'd take the weather report from Polaria at the moment. But there's no weather in space, Andrew. (sighs) Please just tell us the story, Darren. Well, it goes like this, Andrew. I was hanging out with Team Hornet, who I'd gotten to know quite well from their Marbula 1 season. And uh, they were out, out front, signing autographs with the kids, and then suddenly, from out of nowhere... The Bumblebees show up, and, you know, I assumed that these teams would just get on, you know, a bit of shared kinsmanship and, and, you know, looking to do their best in the league, but 
Well, the evil looks that were being shot between the two teams. I really think that this could be the big rivalry of Marble League 2020. I think we've got to keep an eye on these two teams and, you know, how they interact in the uh, events where they're going to be next to one another on the trek. Oh, I stand corrected. That is a piece of good gossip, Darren. Thank you very much. So so what is it? Do we do we know the, the cause of all this beef? Is it is it something that's happened, like, on track? Is it something off track? Is it... It's not down to some kind of copyright issue over their sort of uniforms, is it? And I know the, the Hornets dress in brown with yellow and the Bumblebees are yellow with brown. Well, to be honest, Andrew, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that the Hornets got the invite to uh, Marbula 1 and the Bumblebees didn't. I think they were really hoping to uh, get to show their stuff uh, in the off-season, you know, given that they're uh, pretty much one of the new kids on the block. Um, and, you know, I just think the enmity is stemmed from there. Um, and I don't think the fact that Team Hornets didn't do particularly well in Marbula 1 did them any favours, really. I-, I have a feeling that that's become a source of some niggle between the teams, definitely. Oh, well, i tell you what, actually, hang on a minute, produce... Get Ian down and yeah, get get both of you. Yeah, right, okay. So we're going to get uh, roving reporter uh, Ian off down to uh, both teams and see if we can get some uh, exclusive interviews uh, with the teams and find out what exactly is going on. Uh, Ian, over to you. Oh, hello there, Andrew. Uh, yes, I'm uh, just making my. Here we, in fact, here we are uh, outside of Team Hornets dressing room. I'll uh, I'll just uh, poke my head in and see what's going on. Okay, I don't think that was the uh, best view I've ever had. Uh, oh, the, the bumblebees are just down here. Just two seconds, and I'll uh, I'll stick my head in here and see what they've got to say. Well, it was a good try, and maybe better luck next time. And maybe let's take a look at the team that finished in third place uh, in the qualifiers, the Oceanics, uh, coming back from, well, I think what people can only describe as possibly the worst season ever uh, in a Marble League tournament, uh, and especially sort of solidifying the idea of the host curse. Uh, this is a good, solid return, really, from the Oceanics. So, you know, they skipped Marbula 1, so maybe, you know, fit and rested and, uh, and been concentrating on this. But, you know, a very good result after, uh, you know, getting rid of their coach and having to pretty much start from zero. Oh, wait a minute. I actually have something here. Okay, Buzz. Well, despite every single bone in my body screaming at me that this is a terrible idea, go ahead. What's your uh, what's your story about the Oceanics? Well, as it happens, back in the 1960s when we were training for our first deep space mission, we spent a long time at the Oceanics training facility in the deep ocean. It was the best way that we felt we could simulate zero gravity. Oh wow, so you actually spent time with some of the Oceanics? Well, not most of the team. <laughs> They'd only be two or three at the uh, time that I was training down there. But I spent a long time with Coach Lagoon, uh, before he was a coach, of course. Uh, and I know a little bit about the man. He's a man who likes to prepare. A man who likes to see things through to the very end. And I'm seeing that now in the Oceanics' performance. A team coming in with a plan, sticking to it, and getting the results that they so richly deserve. Oh, wow. So you spent a lot of time with Coach Lagoon then, I guess. Coach who? Where am I? Nurse? Nurse, I need my pills. Give me my pills. Oh, well, I knew it was too good to be true. Anyway, uh, Darren, uh, are there any other particular stories you feel that we need to uh, be picking up on? 
Well, Andrew, I think one of the things that we've probably missed is the performance of the Mini Maniacs. Uh, they skipped the 2019 Marble League altogether, uh, planning, I think, to uh, go to the Hubilino tournament. Uh, but obviously that didn't happen, and maybe this time to uh, sit and practice and consider their uh, choices has uh, led them to this sort of solid performance. You know, it's not top of the league, but, you know, definitely outperforming, I think, where a lot of uh, a lot of fans probably thought the Hubilino Marbles might, you know, might actually end up in this kind of competition. Well, of course, we also know that the uh, Raspberry Races last year's winners spent some time in the Hubilino tournament uh, running for other teams. So I guess there is probably, we shouldn't be quite so surprised that, um, you know, the teams have, have picked up on some of the uh, the skills that they need for, you know, Marble League, which is a, you know, it's a similar, but it's, a, it's not the same kind of tournament, really. Well, I don't want to come off as if I'm sort of disrespecting the Hubilino tournament. It certainly uh, has uh, some amazing competition in it. Uh, but it's definitely a smaller, more intimate kind of competition. There's not the big qualifying pressure. There's not the big crowds in the same way that you get with Marble League. I think it's just a bit of a different kettle of fish altogether. So realistically, can we expect anything more from the Minty Maniacs come the uh, main competition? Well, I'm going to stick my neck out here and say that they are Darren Dazagunderson's lock-on for uh, at least a podium position come the final medals. Wow, that is a bold prediction, Darren. Well, we'll guess we'll have to see if that comes to fruition at the end of the competition. Again, I may come to regret this, but Buzz, do you have any predictions for the tournament ahead? Oh, so the O-Rangers all the way for you. Makes sense. Well, given that we've only got such a short span before the first event of the season, let's wrap up this uh, qualification podcast uh, with a quick look at how the friendly tournament went. In what's become something of an annual tradition, we had the four automatic qualifying teams taking part in the same events uh, that happened in the qualification, but just for the love of the competition. So that's the Raspberry Racers, Team Galactic, Hazers, and the Green Ducks. And, well, an interesting conversation... Uh, competition I should say um, with the Raspberry Racers last year's winners coming out on top which uh, I think we were not necessarily unsurprised but you know given all the effort through uh, both uh, the Marble League and also through Marbula One uh, maybe interesting to see that they were uh, capable of, of pulling out such a result they weren't particularly great in Marbula One after all well, this just goes back to what I've always said. It depends on the type of competition. It doesn't suit every single team. Uh, there are a few teams that might be, a, you know, a little bit sort of uh, omnipresent across the thing. So you've got teams like the Savage Speeders, the Arrangers, Hazers, Team Galactic, uh, who are all going to be there and thereabouts pretty much every single competition. Uh, you'll have some teams that just seem to specialise in the speed events, and some teams that will specialise in the jumping kind of events, uh, the... Um, the conditioning events where, you know, it's stamina that plays a point. These are the kind of things that separate the teams, and it's really the kind of teams that are, uh, you know, going to be best across all of these things rather than are specialised, I think, who are going to come out top at the end of the day. And a decent showing from Team Galactic uh, in the uh, friendlies. Obviously, before the competition starts, um, it's a good way to get themselves warmed up and ready to try and beat that ever-present host's curse. A curse? Not a curse. Is there a scary ghost? Mommy! Mommy, save me, Mommy! No, no, Buzz, it's not a... Just, never mind, never mind. Um, Hazers and Green Ducks, uh, you know, third and fourth. Um, Hazers probably lagging a little bit, maybe, from uh, My Beautiful One, not uh, taking it too seriously in the friendly. But I think the Green Ducks are going to be a little bit disappointed with a, a, a meagre haul of nine points across four events. 
It's definitely not the greatest preparation, but, you know, both of those teams are more than capable of pulling it out in almost any event. So I wouldn't take this as something that you need to uh, judge their form on. Wait until, you know, we're a good couple of events into the main tournament, and then I think you'll see where these teams are going to come good. Nurse, nurse, come on, tranquilize the dart, if you please. Ah, much better. Well, as poor Buzz Marvin slowly falls into unconsciousness, that should probably wrap up the show for us. So thank you very much, Buzz. And thank you very much, Dazza. And guys, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at The Last Lap Podcast. I'll be trying to get some interviews and some juicy quotes from the teams as we go through the season. Keep an eye. And with that, all that's left to do is thank you for listening. We'll be back with the results from the first round as soon as we can possibly get them to you. Uh, So stay tuned, subscribe, do all of the things so that you don't ever have to miss out on an episode, and we will see you then. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.